Amen. We've been talking about the uh, blessings of the Lord. We've been talking about a position. We've been talking about a lot of things uh, in that regard. We're going to continue that this morning. When when we understand who we are, I love that last song that, that uh, the worship team sung, I Know Who I Am. When you know who you are in God, then so many things are answered and, and uh, subside. Fears subside. Insecurity subsides. You know, uh, all the stuff that goes with uh, the uh, turmoil of this world, the chaotic turmoil of this world, just subsides. And, you know, we, we find ourselves in a, in a place where we know that no matter what's happening, we're okay. Amen. I'll amen that one. Praise God. Doesn't matter what's going on, we're okay. Amen. It's good. You know, one of the things that when, when we was having the breakdowns and stuff, we, we broke down coming back home, um, coming out of Maine, got down into to New York, and uh, we're just riding along there, and we've been riding in pouring rain and, uh, and narrow roads with no shoulders through mountains and stuff. We'd been riding in pouring rain on those skinny roads all day and did great. Got that evening, got to a place where there was a parking lot, start, you know, we're away from a town, but there's a parking lot there and a, and a little restaurant. And as we're coming down through there, Damon's bike just stops. It just stops running. And we coast over into this parking lot. Perfect place to break down. You know, a lot of people say, why did God let this happen to us? Sometimes you just got to stand back and, and go with the flow. I mean, you know, enjoy the journey. And so uh, God worked it out. The, the tow truck driver got up there. Great guy. Took care of everything. Took Damon's bike and put it in his, in his shop to make sure it was safe. And, and then uh, they wasn't opened up till uh, that was on Sunday evening. They didn't open up till Tuesday morning. So we were stuck there and uh, ended up found out that we were just a few miles from this great resort town on a lake. And so we ended up going up there and, and we were broke down in this great resort area. And we just, we just said, kept saying, God's got us right where he wants us. You know, let's enjoy it. Let's just, let's just have fun and uh, God will take care of it. We'll get it. We'll get this thing done and everything. And, and so we just, we just enjoyed the, the journey. The reason is because we know somebody's with us. There's somebody there, you know. Even the morning when I walked next door to a quick stop to get some coffee early in the morning, had flip-flops on, and I'm coming back, and there's a steep, grassy bank. And as I start down that steep, grassy bank, the thought went through my mind, this isn't going to be good. Because when you get all this started down a steep bank, there's no stopping, and so I got two big coffees in my hand, and I, I'm starting down this bank with flip-flops on. All of a sudden, this foot goes out like this. This foot goes up behind me, and I do the splits. But you all know how stiff I am. And there was, there was popping and cracking that I don't know where it come from, but it was, it was not good. And so I went down, and I slid down the bank, tumbled and slid down the bank. When I got to the bottom, I still had both coffees, and they were not spilled. Woo! I couldn't walk, but I had the coffee in my hand. <laughs> so I got up and ho hobbled back to the room. 
It took me a few days to get to where I could walk. I ripped something in my knee, but it, it, it's, it's doing better, doing great. Praise God. But no matter what happens, you just enjoy the journey. You know, I could have been upset because I fell down the bank and got hurt, but instead I just kept saying, I didn't spill the coffee. I didn't spill the coffee. You know, it all depends on what you want to focus on. But God's blessed us. He has made provision for us. And there is an enemy that wants to move you out of that provision. And that's what we want to talk about today. Guarding your position. The title of the message today, Guarding Your Position. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 10 through 12, very familiar scripture. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, Paul has given admonition to the church here and telling them, you need to learn how to stand your ground. You need to learn how to stand when things are trying to knock you out of where you're standing. Amen. We as children of God have been given position in God. We've been given position in the kingdom of God. We have been given provision and blessing that the enemy will steal from you if you don't learn to stand your ground. Because he is a deceiver, says that that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil are the strategies and the deception of the enemy. Strategies and deception. The devil has a strategy against you to try to destroy what God has given you in your life. Don't be foolish enough to think that the enemy doesn't want to discredit you as a child of God. When we say that we're children of God and yet there's no evidence of the goodness of God in our lives, no blessing, then the enemy is effectively stealing from us the very evidence of God's blessing and provision and our belonging, our position in God. Doesn't mean you won't go through hard times. It don't mean that things won't go wrong every once in a while. But when you are being stripped and the enemy is moving you out of your position then his strategies are being effective. And we've got to have enough wisdom and understanding of the Holy Spirit to say, hey, I know what's going on here. I know that the enemy has a strategy against me. Now, the good thing is that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 
And when the enemy starts trying to bring strategies against you and starts trying to remove you from the blessing and provision he's made on you, there is a weapon inside of you called the wisdom and knowledge and understanding of God that causes you to rise up and be able to walk out of the very thing that the enemy's trying to trap you in. Don't succumb to his traps. He knows you. He knows what makes you tick. He knows your personality. He studied you, and he knows how to trip you up. That's why we have got to allow the Holy Spirit to make us strangers to the devil. That's where the power and nature of God comes in. Because when the Holy Spirit starts living the life of Christ through us, all of a sudden, we don't make sense to the devil. He doesn't know how to manipulate us anymore because his manipulations aren't working anymore. He don't know. The buttons he used to push no longer work. And now he's, he's trying to figure out why they don't work, trying to find new buttons. But the Holy Spirit is always changing the code. We have a weapon. Our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And the strongholds are mainly in our mind. If, if the devil can convince you, you will walk away from the presence of God and the blessings of God yourself. And that's how he likes to do it. His strategies are to get you to do his work for him. We will defeat ourselves if we allow the strategies of the enemy to work in our lives. But he said, don't do that. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not your might, but his might. That we can stand against all the deceitful strategies of the devil And then he said, and having done everything you can do to stand, just stand. Stand, therefore. We have a a story in the Old Testament in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verses 11 and 12. And it's, it's in the chapters where they're talking about the mighty men of David. I want you to know something. We've seen a lot of movies about superheroes today. David had the original superheroes. When you read about the things that David's mighty men did, it was not normal or natural. It was supernatural. It was something beyond human ability. And we've got one of those guys here named Shama. And the Philistines, let's read it in in verse 11, says, After him was Shama the son of A.G., the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils or beans or peas or whatever you want to call it. So the people fled from the Philistines. But but Shammah stationed himself in the middle of the field and defended it and killed the Philistines so the Lord brought about a great victory. Here you've got a story. Now, to to really understand this story is when it was harvest time, the Philistines would get together and come down and raid the harvest and take away from the people their harvest. Why don't you stop and think for a minute? How many times does the devil get together 
when it's time for you to reap a harvest and he comes in and starts trying to drive you out of your harvest, drive you out of your blessing. Amen. Sometimes when it gets really hard, difficult, and confusing, that's when you just got to stand. You got to learn how to just stand because the enemy's trying to drive you out of what God's about to bless you in. And so here, Shama, the Philistines get themselves together in a troop, a group, a big group of people. I don't know how big the troop, the troop was. But they come down, and it was big enough that the people fled before the Philistines. They, they ran away from their possession, and they ran out of their position, and they fled away from the Philistines. But Shammah, something rose up inside of Shammah, and he said, not this year, not this time. And he got his weapons and walked out in the middle of his bean field and said, not this time. And he stood there and defended that bean field against this whole troop of Philistines that were coming to steal it. And he was victorious because he decided, this is mine, this is my position, this is what God's blessed me with, and nothing's going to drive me out of here. Amen. He was tired of running. He was tired of, of giving in. He was tired of crying. He was tired of being defeated. He was tired of missing out on his harvest. And he rose up and he said, uh-uh. And he went out with a sword in the middle of his bean field and said, come on, you're not getting it this year. This is mine. Oh, how many of us need to stand up and say, uh-uh, this is mine. It's time for this to stop. It's time for this to stop. Oh, I got to say it one more time. It's time for this to stop. Amen. How do you do that? You don't do it in your own ability. You don't do it in your own wisdom. You, t- you determine to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's how you do it. When we, when we try to do this thing in our own ability, the devil knows how to get us to defeat ourselves. You can't stand up against him. You're not smart enough. I'm sorry, but that's just true. You're just not smart. He's got thousands of years on you. He knows humanity. He knows your family. He knows your ancestors. He knows you, and he knows what works. But then all of a sudden, one day, the Holy Spirit starts rising up inside of you and starts changing you and empowering you. And all of a sudden, it doesn't work anymore. And instead of running away from him like you always do, all of a sudden, you turn around and look him in the eye, and it scares him to death because he sees the resolve inside of you, and he sees power inside of you that he can't do anything with because it's a power that has already defeated him, and he knows that he can't take you down because you've done yielded to something greater than he is. Amen. Be strong in the Lord. The power is might. Praise God. We've got to learn that we have a position in God and the devil's trying to drive us out of that position. Amen. Shama refused to move. 
In Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, it says, Given thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. I belong in the kingdom of God. If you've been born again, you belong in the kingdom of God. You have been delivered from darkness and you've been conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of His love. You've been conveyed into light. You've been conveyed in the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. You've been taken out of darkness of ignorance and put into the light of wisdom and understanding. And now the devil can't do anything with you because you don't belong in his kingdom anymore. You're in another kingdom and you're protected in this kingdom. And so what's he try to do? He tries to get you to walk out of the kingdom of the Son of God and walk back into darkness because he can't do anything with you unless you get back into his domain in his realm but when we say no I belong in the kingdom of God. I'll not be pushed out. I will not be pushed away. Nothing is going to push me out of here. No devil, no no, uh, lie of the enemy, no mean Christian. Not all Christians are nice. I've been, a pa- I've been preaching the gospel for 40 years, and I, I can guarantee you I've met more mean people in church than I have in the world. I'm just going to be honest with you. Amen. Why? Because the devil loves to tear things up. And if we're not yielded to the Holy Spirit, he manipulates us. And when he manipulates us, we end up doing things that shouldn't be done. And, and we end up saying stuff that shouldn't be said. And, and, and he gets our carnal attitude to rise up. And next thing you know, we done made a mess. Amen. Come on. Everybody say amen so nobody know you're who I'm preaching to. Amen. Say amen. Woo! Glory. That's right. That's right. Turn to your neighbor and say, whoa, he's, he's getting you. <laughs> See, the enemy, there's no greater place to be than in fellowship with the kingdom of God and with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, it is awesome. It is amazing. I got to miss you guys so bad on this trip. I kept thinking, man, I, I'm just, I, I don't get homesick. I mean, that's just a, a strange thing for me. I'm where I'm at. Wherever I'm at, that's where I are. And so I just, I'm just there, you know? But I got to, I got to missing. Oh, I just kept wanting to get back here, you know? I told, I told Damon and, and the two Bettys, this is Betty and Betty Jane. That's how we differentiate. I told him, I said, man, I, I'm, just, I'm just missing. You know, I just want to be in, in a good worship service. I just, want to, I just want to be in the presence of God and the family of God. And there's no better place to be. But what a lot of people don't understand is in this sitting is where the enemy can do the most harm because we're open to one another. And so the devil loves to try to come in and stab us with some little action or some little falsehood or some little attitude or, you know, things like that. We got to learn to stand our ground. Nothing's going to move me out of here. Amen. You got to learn to stand still. 
and see the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes he'll save you. Sometimes he'll save the person that's mistreating you. Somebody needs to get saved. Come on, somebody. But it's time we learn to stop running. Stop running. Stop flinching. Stand up. Don't be moved away from the thing that God has given us in the bitterness and hatred. In Romans chapter 14, and I believe it's verse 17, it says, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, which you're talking about, you know, ritualistic things. But he said, it is, it is, God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So why would we let the devil or anybody else take away from us the very provision of the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost? But you don't know what they said to me. I don't care what they said to you. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But you don't know how I've been done. I've been mistreated. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. No matter what's happened, why would you give that up? Huh? Why would you walk away from that? I'll tell you why you walk away from it. Because you want to retaliate. That's it. The only reason you get in your carnal flesh because you're saying, God, step back. I got this. This person's going to get it. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We know who we are. But if you, if you refuse, if you say, listen, that's not what my life is about. My life is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's my position. That's where I live. Why would I, why would I get out of my bean field and let them have it? Come on, somebody. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get off that. Okay. I don't want to beat that dog too much. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse, verses 6 through 10, it says, As you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord... So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Yes, I do read these scriptures a lot. I go over these scriptures a lot, but did, did you know repetition is the only way we get stuff? Amen. That's why I re reread a lot of these scriptures in my messages over and over and over, because these are the qualities that we've got to grab hold of. And repetition is the only way we get a hold of it. As you th therefore have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Oh, pastor, I'm just barely hanging on. If we're just barely hanging on, we have forgot who we are. Amen. Did you know you can shout in the midst of turmoil? In the midst of hardship, you can rejoice in the Lord. You can praise him and give praise unto the Lord. Amen. It, it, it gets hard. I know it gets hard. Life gets hard. 
I've been there. I know what life is. I've been down. I've been stepped on. All kinds of stuff. You know, we don't have time to go into all that. Amen. If I, if I start telling stories, we'd all be singing gloom, despair, and agony on me. You know, that's not what it's about. What it's about is the fact that I, I am the son of my heavenly father. I have been blessed of the Lord. He has, he has put his spirit in me, <clears throat> and he has desired to walk with me. He's desired to bless me and to give me provision. Paul said that my God shall supply, fill to the full, all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to forfeit that because of my stinking thinking. You get to thinking things that that your mind goes in areas you shouldn't be going. Amen. Talk to it. Say, "Uh uh-uh, not today. You're not going there. It's we we need to I know you talk to yourself anyway, so don't don't give me that stuff that you don't talk to yourself. That's how you get in these situations. You start carrying on these conversations on the inside of you. You know, and you get all worked up. Well, get worked up the other way. Stop and say, uh-uh. What do you think you're doing? You're not gonna talk me out of my blessing. You're not gonna go there. You're not going to get me all down and, and, and depressed and, and all that kind of stuff. No, sir. I'm going to walk in the kingdom of God. I'm going to be blessed today. Amen. Praise God. Even though some bug bit me and I'm, I'm still dealing with the after effects of it two weeks later, I'm, I'm blessed of the Lord. Amen. I fell down a bank and injured my knee real bad and couldn't hardly walk. But I'm walking today, and I'm fine. Why? Because I'm blessed of the Lord. There's a healer that lives on the inside of me, and he goes to work. As soon as something happens, he starts healing me. Amen. Because I live in the kingdom of God. Praise God. Are you getting this? Don't get moved out of your position by anything. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but we got that one. Okay? Let's not go back over that. We, when, when Satan wants to take us out of our inheritance, he comes like a thief. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes not but, but except to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they may have life and, and might have it more abundantly. I watched the news with just utter sadness and, and turmoil about the accident that took place out on the lake. I'm out there all the time working, and it just I know how fast things can turn bad back out there. I mean, like that. It, it, it can be just, just nice, and next thing you know, stuff is blowing all over the place, and that lake gets rough really fast. I mean, you can go from calm to three-foot swells in just a matter, matter of minutes. And, and it gets really bad. And I was watching all that. And my heart was just aching and hurting for the, the things that had taken place there. And you say, a lot of people would say, you know, why would God let that happen? See, we always blame God. And I saw a picture 
of this cloud that looked like a hand, supposedly in brands. I don't know if it was. You know, you can't believe everything you see. But coming down like that, and they said, this is the cloud that hit, and, and some people calling it the hand of God. I got, I got mad. I mean mad. Why would we call it the hand of God when the thief has come to steal? kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Why don't we, why don't we ever say, man, that's the hand of the devil? Because the Bible says he's the prince and power, principality and power of the air. But we call, we blame it on God. Well, it's not God. God is the one that's trying to help us when we call out to him. You say, but why did all that happen? I don't know. I don't sit with him in that position. God doesn't interfere with everything in this world. Amen. If we ask him to, he does. But I got to tell you something. Good Christian people live, live weeks after week after week without asking God to be involved in their life. You got to submit yourself. You got to submit yourself. Amen. When we're out on these trips, I don't just take it for granted God's going to take care of me. We actively participate in that. We pray before we leave. And then while we're riding, I'm constantly saying, Come on, angels, take care of that car. You know, take care of Keep the animal. You know, you see that. You see that, those, you know, deer crossing. I don't know why they'd put deer crossings on a road like that. Now I saw one that I'd never seen before, and it was a bear crossing. And uh, you know, I knew Damon. Damon, all these trips we went on, Damon has wanted to see a bear, and we've not seen one. And I thought, whoa, I don't want to see one on this one. You know, crossing the road because those things can run fast. But I saw a bear crossing, you know. And and when I see stuff like that, I was like, angels, get out there and hold them back, hold them back. Keep them off the road, clear the road, you know, get, get it out of the way. I actively participate in this thing. But a lot of us just live through our life just taking for granted that God's going to take care of everything. i got to tell you something. He will leave you alone if you want him to. Ooh, I'm getting in deep water here because it's always God's fault. Could it be that we're negligent? as children of God, and we get moved out of our position so easily? Okay, I'm walking back up here. <laughs> Getting tense out here. <clears throat> we don't ever want to take the credit for stuff like that. But we, we like to blame, blame God, like the insurance companies. You know, tree, tree falls on your car, they call it an act of God. Oh, that makes me mad. Why, why would God throw a tree down on my car? It's not an act of God. You know, hailstones aren't an act of God. It's, it's like everybody wants to blame God for everything. We don't want to take responsibility for our own lives, our own actions. Most accidents out on the road are not caused by God. They're caused by people not paying attention. I don't know how many people passed us looking down like this. 
We'd look, we'd look over, and there they'd go, 80 mile an hour, you know, looking at their phone. Not a, they don't know if somebody stopped in front of them. They don't know what's going on. And then they slam on their brakes all of a sudden because, whoa, hey, I'm in traffic. What, would, what do you know? I'm out on the road. <laughs> How dare that car stop in front of me when I'm reading my phone? Come on, somebody. See, we, we, we got to take responsibility for ourselves. We're living in a world where they just keep trying to take responsibility. They got cars that drive themselves out. I don't want no car driving itself. Uh-uh. We saw this one guy in, tra- in heavy traffic in this one city. He's driving one of them new Tesla cars. You know, they're high dollar and they do everything. And he's sitting back with his hands behind him like this in heavy traffic. And that car is, is pulling forward and stopping by itself. And he's, not, he's just sitting there looking around. And his car is driving itself. I got to tell you something. They get bugs. And they get colds. They call them viruses. And people can hack your car and drive it. I don't want nobody driving my car. I'll do it myself. I've got a foot and I've got a brake pedal. It's my responsibility to put my foot on the brake pedal. But we're living in a society that constantly wants to give up responsibility to something else. You have to control their life to something else. No, we got to take responsibility for ourselves. As children of God, you've got to take responsibility for your life every single day and stand up and stand still in your position in God and refuse to be moved out and refuse to give in. Amen. you start listening to the wrong stuff, watching the wrong stuff, seeing the wrong stuff, it won't be, you, you, can go from, you can go from the presence of God to darkness so fast, it's amazing. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. In uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, it says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Notice it said, and, and you are not moved away from the hope of of the gospel. You are not moved away from the hope of the gospel. You got to stick it out. You got to learn to stay in there, stay involved, stay hooked up, not moved away from the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven. But you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast that the enemy is always trying to steal from us the things that God has given us. He's trying to steal your joy. He's trying to steal your faith. He's trying to, he's trying to give you reasons that it's not going to work. He's trying to give you reasons that God failed you. He's trying to give you reasons that people have failed you. I don't know. I, there's some people, all they want to talk about is how, is how they've been done wrong by people. Well, wake up. You're in a world of... of People. And every time I start getting upset at people, I remember that I are one. I'm a people. And I don't do everything right myself. And so I upset people. You know? There's some people that are just simply upset because you're still breathing air. But are you going to let that move you out of breathing air? 
Are you going to stop breathing just because somebody's upset about it? No. You don't give in to that stuff. The enemy's always out there trying to steal. I've got a missionary friend, tremendous man, has, has got the gospel in the nations that you're not supposed to be able to get the gospel into in, in, in interpreting the Word of God into their language and then getting it into the country. He's got Bibles in every country that the gospel is not supposed to be in. They've taken them in by, by mule trains through the mountains They've, and, and interpreting the Word of God. It's just been a powerful thing. But about 10 years ago, he, come, he started coming down with a condition where he couldn't sleep anymore. And this went on and on. And, and for the last six years, he's not been able to sleep hardly any at all. And his organs are shutting down. His, his body is just shutting down. And on heavy, two, two different uh, types of heavy medication, sleep medication, he would only get maybe two hours of sleep in 24 hours. And that's with taking really heavy medication. And it was destroying his life. And I met him just a short time ago and got to know him just, just a little bit. Actually, I was referred to him by another person because they had electrical problem in their house. <laughs> it's amazing how God works. Their garage, they lost electrical power in their garage. This is way up the other side of Springfield. And they called me and said, I got your name. And, and uh, they said, you could fix this. You could find it and fix it. And I said, okay. And I told them a day. And I went up there, was able to locate and isolate it and fix it. And kind of got to know them. Well, a few weeks ago, in a church service down at the sanctuary, they were there. And he come up for prayer, and he come, he come to me. And he said, I'm dying. I've got to have help. He said, my body is literally dying. And he said, they can't help me. He said, I've been to, ever, I've been to several neurologists. They can't find out what's going wrong. They can't find out what the problem is. He said, my organs aren't working right. I'm, I'm, he said, they're shutting down. He said, I'm dying, and I've got to have some help. And so I prayed for him. Didn't get anywhere. You know, I prayed for him for a while there, and I just left and went on and prayed for some other people, and he just stayed up there. And while I was praying for some other people, the Holy Spirit began to open, began to tell me what was going on. And I walked back to him, and I said, Brother, listen to me. This all happened in a moment in time. In a moment, this happened, and it was in China. You were in China, and you had a demonic encounter in China that imparted this thing into your spirit and into your mind, and it has been shutting you down and destroying you, but it all happened in one moment. And you're suffering from that one encounter. And he said, I don't know what it could be. And I said, well, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. That night he went home and he prayed. He spent the whole, because he couldn't sleep, so he spent the whole night saying, God, help me. God, help me understand. Help me. He said five different times he prayed and he said, God, show me. 
show me what's going on. Show me what happened. And, and about the sixth time he said that, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit began to take him back to a time in China when they were having to be very secretive about what they were doing to keep from being arrested. And they were interpreting Bibles, printing Bibles, and distributing Bibles in secret to China and to other countries out of China, even into North Korea. He's got Bibles in North Korea, been there for quite a while. They got them into North Korea. And he got on an airplane and sit down on this airplane, and he said this rather large Asian man come and sit down beside him. He said he was unusually big for an Asian man, tall. And he sat down beside him, and he said, God took me back to this and replayed the whole thing for me. And he said, this man sat down beside me, and he said, we had to live a very secretive life to keep from getting arrested. And he said, this man looking straight ahead said, I know what you're doing. I know everything you're doing. And he said, immediately fear gripped his heart because he thought, I'm going to be arrested. And he said, this man sit there beside him looking straight ahead and went through detail after detail of everything they were doing, the Bibles they were printing, what they were, where they were printing the Bibles at. Where, he said he had every detail of our lives. And he said, I sit there looking at this guy, him looking straight ahead, not even looking at me. And he said, when he got finished, he turned and looked me right in the eye. He said, I know who you are. And he said, God took me back to that moment. He said, I was terrified because he, th- he said, I thought when we land, this plane lands, I'm going to be arrested. But he said, when the plane landed, the guy got up and left and never said another word. Nobody was there waiting. And he said, I got off the plane. And, and he, said, he said, I just kind of shook it off and said, you know, I don't know what that was all about. But at that moment, this was planted in his spirit. And it started growing inside him until it robbed him from sleep. It, start, it was robbing him of health. And so I got to minister that to him. He prayed about it. He called me the next morning. He said, any way I can meet with you. And I said, well, I'm supposed to work today. But I said, I'll tell you what, I'll come meet with you instead. And so I drove to Springfield, met with him, and sitting there at that table, God continued to open up more and more and more and more. And, and begin to reveal. He went home that night and he said, that's it. I'm done with medicine. I'm done. They can't help me anyway. He got rid of his sleeping pills. He, he, he started believing and trusting. said, God, I know that you're going to help me with this. And he was able to sleep just a little bit without medication, which was amazing. While I was gone, before I left on this trip, he sent me a text and he said, Last night, I slept for eight hours. Eight hours straight, I slept. And then I got a text from him later in the day. I sent a text back and and told him that was great. Got a text back from him later in the day. He said, I just woke up from a two-hour nap. Then the other day, I got another message from him, and he said, my sleep patterns are still holding strong. 
And he said, I'm feeling better. And he said, every day I'm getting healthier and healthier. God is healing my body. And he said, I was even able to go help minister the other night. And he said, I believe God's going to be able to use me again. Isn't that amazing? See, the enemy was trying to shove him out of his position and trying to shove him out of his provision, trying to shove him, shove him out of his blessing, but just a little bit of insight from Holy Spirit went in and killed the root of that thing and began to pull it out of him and begin to bring the blessing and provision of God back to his life. It's time we stand up and say, no, I'm not going to go there. You're not going to rob this from me. You're not going to steal from me the things that God has given me. I am blessed of the Lord. And even if my situation is terrible, I am blessed of the Lord. And I will walk in blessing in this, even if the enemy's trying to steal from me. Or get in the middle of your pea patch and say, not this time. Not this time. I'm standing my ground. You might get the snot beat out of you and, and might soon look like you got defeated, but get back in the middle of your pee pad, stand up, wipe the blood off, and say, not this time. Come on, somebody. And if you get knocked down that time, get back up, walk to the middle of your pee patch and say, not this time. And keep doing that until the Philistines are destroyed and you got your pee patch back. Come on, somebody. It's time we quit letting the devil chase us off, chase us out of our blessing, chase us out of our provision, and chase us out of our position in the kingdom of God because if you've been put there, you're the only one that can walk out because God will never, ever shove you out. Matter of fact, he'll hang on to you the whole time you're walking away. And he'll try to pull you back the whole time you're gone. He is a resilient, determined warrior, and he does not stop. Stand with me today. Come on, worship team. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you've been through, but I know somebody that does, and I know somebody that wants to help. Praise God, the enemy might be trying to strip your, your health away from you, but that health belongs to God. Your body belongs to God. Amen. It's his provision. It's his provision. Amen. We are the children of the Most High God. We belong to God. We stand in his provision. As Brother Steve said earlier, preaching about prosperity has been all about money. It's been a part of a truth. Prosperity is spiritual fullness. That's prosperity. If you're spiritually full, you've got everything. The second stage of prosperity is mental and physical healing and health. We need that stage of prosperity in our lives. The third stage is provision. We need spiritual fullness. We need mental and physical wholeness. And we need financial and provisional flow. 
That's the, that's the blessing of God. See, notice I said flow. A lot of us want to be a reservoir. God, bring it to me, bring it to me, bring it to me. God wants it to flow through you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's nothing in this world that should be able to drive you out of what God has ordained you for. He's ordained you for his blessing.